0: Hi everyone, I'm Jane Applegath. Welcome to the Epic Vision Zone. Our goal with this show and company is to bring you trailblazing women from around the globe to share their knowledge, their ideas, their inspiration and resources to help you transform your dreams into epic success. Today's epic female entrepreneur is Laura Stewart. Referred to as the queen of questions, Laura is a master strategist, an international speaker, podcast host, business advisor, and an award-winning and international best-selling author. Her expertise, educating and inspiring entrepreneurs to gain mastery of themselves and unlock their hidden gold. Her gift, connecting clients to who they really are and what they are meant to be doing. In her words, living an amazing life is not about finding the right answer, but instead happens when we learn how to ask the right questions. From wisdom learned from her mother and grandmother, Laura has developed an innate ability to ask the questions that propel business leaders and entrepreneurs to incredible achievements through her company aptly named Wisdom Learned. Laura is a former iHeartRadio host and today hosts a weekly international podcast titled It's All About the Questions, a show that encourages you how to embrace all of you to have the business and life you want. Her award-winning international best-selling book, What What Would a Wise Woman Do? Questions to Ask Along the Way was an Amazon Women in Business best-selling on the bestseller list for over 90 weeks and continues to hit bestseller lists around the world. Laura's mission is clear, how people get off autopilot and create amazing successful lives. Welcome, Laura, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. And I was laughing at that one picture, Jane, of me in the studio with the iHeart Studio with my braces still on. (laughs)
0: Good for you. I I saw I found that actually on the internet. I have to admit, and I was like, oh, this is great. I mean, why you know at, you can get things done anytime time in life these days, and I think it's terrific.
1: But yeah, that thanks. was my second round of braces. Oh, was you know, it? I had them when I was a little kid.
0: Wow. Yes, our teeth always shift, so it's always a work in progress, right? Just like life, <laughs> it's always a work in progress.
1: It, so, exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So tell us how you arrived at your philosophy. Asking the right question can change your life because that, to me, is so fascinating.
1: Oh well, well, that's just a mother-daughter love story, truly. When I was in first grade, I was so excited because you know I kind of knew the alphabet and how to read some stuff, and this is back in the '60s when you didn't learn how to read till the first grade, which is depending on when you were born, five or six years old. And I walked into class, Mrs. Fite's classroom, and I was so excited because I wanted to learn how to read. And I said, when am I gonna learn to read? And they said, not yet. And I was so upset over all of that. I literally walked out of the coat room because back then coat rooms were between the classrooms, and walked out the doors and walked a mile to my house, Jane, (laughs) and showed up at my door. And my mom's on the phone. This is in Yonkers, New York, and my mom's on the phone. And she's like, oh, she just showed up. Okay, we'll be right back. Apparently the school had called saying, your daughter disappeared. (laughs) No, <laughs> This is the days when you could walk out, right? I mean, you can't really yeah. do that nowadays, especially in, in grammar school. Anyway, we went back to school, back to the principal's office. And in my book, I mentioned it was Mrs. Steinmetz. And I recently discovered it was, uh, Mrs. Anderson was a principal back then, but in my head, it was uh, Mrs. Steinmetz. Anyway, we're in the principal's office, my first grade teacher, my mom, and the principal, and my mom goes, why aren't you gonna teach her how to read? And they said, well, that's not true. We're gonna teach her how to read, but her last name begins with an S and we go alphabetically. So her group will be in a few days. And my mother's like, well, she wants to read so badly. She was literally willing to leave school and not come back because you wouldn't do it. Why do you have that policy? And she kept questioning them asking them all these questions and asking why, like five times. And they said, well, this is always the way it's done. Well, why is this always the way it's done? Can't you change it? And they're like, no, because it's always the way it's done. Well, at the end of, I don't know, you know, time seems like forever when you're a little kid, but I don't know if it was 10 minutes, if it was an hour. Anyway, they said, you know what? we can change that policy. And the next tomorrow, Laura will be in the first group learning how to read. And at that moment, I realized that the right questions really could change your life. They could change policy. They could change so much, Jane. But if you're not willing to ask the questions and challenge the perceptions of currently asked questions, things will stay the same. And I just really took it to heart.
0: Wow. As a child, you were so intuitive. I mean, most children would, you know, they wouldn't recall that incident or they certainly wouldn't put those together that asking the right questions can change things. So that is amazing. That was meant to happen.
1: Well, it was amazing watching the shifts that happened to Mrs. Fight and Mrs. Anderson. And and even my mom who became was just this fierce mother bear protecting her cub at the time how she just was tenacious with the question and not willing to accept well that's the way we've always done it. She was determined to let everybody see that just because that's the way it was done doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Right. And but, you couldn't, I couldn't miss it. It was just transformative for me.
0: That's incredible. Um, such such a, a such a grounding story, and 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 so moving. I I I, I believe that that was meant to happen. I, that's just the way I feel, and and certainly you've taken that throughout your life. So you were you were telling me earlier on the phone, you grew up wanting to be an astronaut. Which I thought was so amazing, you know, and you were thinking, why not stand on the moon? You know, that would be really cool. But yeah. you you changed your mind. So the story you told me was interesting, and I wanted our audience to hear it because it has something to do with your beliefs and um, the decisions that you make based on how you should or shouldn't feel. But I don't want to unpack it too much. I'd like to you to run with that. <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah, sure. So I'm a child of the 60s. And during the 60s was the moon launch, you know, the, the Mercury, the Apollo program, where man, US man landed on the moon. And I remember watching every launch with my parents, and including when you know, the test rocket blew up on the pad and all of that stuff. And I went, this would be so cool. I would love to go to outer space. I'd love to stand on the moon. This is amazing what we're able to achieve. And I mean, and think about the questions that were being asked when it was decided we're gonna go to the moon. We hadn't even been to outer space yet. We hadn't gone into orbit. Somebody had to relearn how to ask questions so that we could see the possibilities of what it would be. And I was like, okay, I want to be an astronaut. How do I become an astronaut? Well, I didn't want to be in the military. And back then for a woman to be in the military, it was very, very rare anyway. So I said, how can I get into possibly the space program? And I thought technology, engineering of some sort was a way that I had a possibility because most of the people that were flying these rockets and going to the moon were engineers. They were in science and my parents encouraged me and I got very involved with it. Back then computers were the size of entire rooms or buildings and everything. But as time progressed and I started looking at this again, now I'm a big geek, okay? Not just a geek of technology, but a big science fiction geek. And somebody may have noticed I have a Star Wars cup, you know, Luke Skywalker here. And this is back from the days you filled up your car with gas and you got a glass. (laughs) And I loved Star Trek, right? And I loved all of this stuff. But I realized when I was presented literally with an application in my hand that somebody had given me to work at NASA and apply to be an, an astronaut, I didn't want that version of being an astronaut, the highly politicized, the um, go through this crazy rocket ride to get there, be in a space suit and and all of that. What I wanted was the Star Trek version Mm. of, being an astronaut or the Star Wars version. You know, I wanted to be on the Millennium Falcon. I wanted to be on the Enterprise. I wanted to be in an environment where everybody was working together, no matter what race, color, creed, gender, whatever it may be, that's what I wanted. And I couldn't have that. So I quickly realized that I would be compromising what I wanted and what this little kid wanted, Jane, was this idea of going to outer space, not the reality of it. So I decided to pursue my career in tech, which I had a passion for, and I was really good at it too. So that, that's how I ended up changing from being an astronaut by really getting quiet with myself when I had that application and saying, why do I want this? Mm.
0: Yeah, back to the question looking looking inward and asking yourself why do i want this and so many of us because we have a dream or we we the the shoulds we should you know work for corporation we should do this we should do that we don't take that time to pause and say why do i want this so yeah that's you're right that's that's very um that's something that we all need to incorporate into our lives no matter what we do so Great. i i love that story that's why i wanted you to share it um now you have in your book you write that about the allure and the danger of being on autopilot and mm-hmm. now your mission is to get women off auto. excuse me autopilot so i love that because you've juxtapositioned it you've got the allure and the danger so just I'll give you the floor, I love it. Just to tell them what it's all about.
1: Well, well, thank you for asking that question because it's a passion of mine, right? This whole idea. Now, have you, Jane, ever been on a road trip and you're driving along in your car and all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's my exit and I need to get off or you're, you go to yourself, oh, I'm here, I'm in the driveway. And you have no recollection of the journey that got you there, right? Well, one day when I was in college and I went to New York Institute of Technology on Long Island and I lived in the dorms there, and one summer I was I spent working at the college teaching a coding book camp and some other stuff to kids while I was there, and also working in this bar that I used to work in there that was down the street from the dorms, and. I was driving home after working all night long. And I was like the the waitress short order cook. And we'd always go out to breakfast afterwards. And I'm driving home across the Throgs Neck Bridge to go to my parents' house, because I wasn't gonna be working for the next couple of days. And I got home and I really had no recollection of how I got there. And it really started me thinking about what other areas of my life or other people might have in their life where they're just on this journey and they never stop and look at what's going on along the way. And I had to drive over the Throgs Neck Bridge, which is so beautiful. If you've ever been to Long Island, New York, or Queens, New York, you're going over beautiful water. If you look to your left, when you're heading to where I was going, Yonkers, New York City is just, completely splayed out out there, the Long Island Sound. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous, especially when the sun's coming up. I miss this beautiful drive and some not so nice areas (laughs) as well. But how many other areas of my life and other people's lives do we have where we just keep driving along? And the danger is what if I had gotten into an accident? What if I had drifted off and not gone into a mine lull? But yet, we often are told if you just put yourself on autopilot, like the pilots do and stuff, you know, you're just gonna reach your destination. Just set your goals, set your milestones and just go there and and don't look back. I believe that's the danger, but it's also the allure, right? Because you don't have to think. Mm -hmm. And by stopping that autopilot for myself, along the way, I've realized, well, you know what? like the story with the astronaut. If I hadn't looked, I would have filled out that application. I would have tried to get a job as an astronaut. And you know, it probably would have been an incredible experience, but at the end of it, I probably would have been like, now what? Mm -hmm. Versus saying to myself, oh, you know, there's this little detour over here. There's this exit. Why don't I go over there and just see what's going on? More like a, a sailboat, that has a goal in mind, you know, you wanna go from point A to point B, not like a power boat where you can just go that way. A sailboat has to tack. It has to navigate with the wind. It lets itself go a little bit off course, always coming back to the middle line, unless say a severe storm comes in the way. And it's like, well, I need to go to point middle, <laughs> wait a couple of days and then maybe go further along so for me getting people off autopilot is this mission this passion i have because a lot of people never revisit their goals or where they came from and i think it's so important jane like your journey itself is such a beautiful story of somebody not staying on autopilot
0: wow Thank you so much. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I'm on autopilot, but that often happens in life. I think it happens at least in everyone's life once. We get on the hamster wheel, as I call it, and you just keep going and going. And often, unfortunately, what stops us is we get ill or something happens in your life, maybe the death of a loved one that makes you stop and pause and say, okay, life is short you know it's but you're right if we can bring that awareness now rather than later uh it is about the journey and that you put it so beautifully uh the question that i have now is and i find it very odd that i'm asking the queen of questions questions i just i was chatting with laura just before we got on and and i'm like oh my gosh now i'm the question asker so i better make sure that they're on spot on but I love the fact that you um, are in telling people about how they get stuck on stupid. Now, this is in your book. And of course, that was, uh, I love the expression (laughs) because really it slaps people in the face, don't get stuck on stupid, but just unravel that for us a little bit.
1: Well, I'm laughing because that was a quote in the book, from a general I met at a tech event. And he was the general responsible for helping out after Katrina, Hurricane Katrina that devastated New Orleans. And I met him and he, he was talking on stage and he and I spoke afterwards. And one of the things that stood out for me was he said, I watched what was happening and I watched our response and I watched all the politicians and everybody and, and even the local people. And they wanted to do things one way. And we saw that that wasn't working. And he said, I just said straight out, stop getting stuck on stupid. It's not working. Don't keep bashing your head against the wall. And this is something that my dad had always told me, but I never heard it put quite that way. Um, The other phrase that lately I'm hooked on is you can't fix stupid because some people just get stuck on stupid and they won't look at anything any other way. And my dad always said, if you keep hitting the wall, instead of waiting till you've got this bloody face and bloody hands, the first time you hit it, it, instead of going, well, there can't be a wall there, acknowledge something hit your face. (laughs) Step back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He said, step back and look at the wall. You know, the wall may be this wide, And if you just turned a little bit to your left or turned a little bit to your right, you can go completely around that wall. It's like the fleas that you put in a jar and you put a lid on it first. Fleas will bounce to try to get out of it. After a few tries or like an elephant in a circus that has a chain around its leg, they will attempt several times to jump out of the jar or to move past where the chain goes. After a while, they just stop. And you could take the chain off and the elephant won't move. You could take the lid off the jar and the fleas will still stay in. That's getting stuck on stupid. Find another way out. Find a way around. Go find somebody who can help you that has more knowledge. And that's also for me, Jane, where questions come in. You can look at it and go, all right, well, there's a lid on the jar. Well, maybe, if we all pull together and push the jar over we can get out or if we're in a work crisis and we've got the employees that are not um, doing their job we need to step back and go well are they not doing their job because of leadership because they don't have the right tools or because they're not the right employee in the right position but if you don't step back, you can get so hung up on, I've made this judgment call, but I really don't have all the facts. And that to me is getting stuck on stupid. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's a difficult thing for a lot of people to admit or to right. look at themselves and go, okay, maybe it's not them, it's me. Um, But yes, it's absolutely, my my bigger question is, what were you doing with fleas in a jar? I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know about fleas in a jar. I'm like, really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a really old analogy, and it had a lot to do with the old flea circuses that used to be around way, way back. Yeah, I had pictures of you running around collecting fleas and putting no. them in the jar. <laughs> I
0: was like, I okay. do not like
1: <laughs> bugs. Period. <Okay. laughs> Sorry,
0: just a little aside because all I saw was fleas in a jar. Really, <laughs> I, I, yeah, no. Okay, moving on. Jane's crazy <laughs> imagination, but yes, I do. I, I
1: did put light that. Jane. I did put lightning bugs in a jar with holes in the oh, lid yeah. when I was a little kid. And my parents were always like you can do that for a few minutes and then you must let them go. You wouldn't want to be in a jar. That's what my parents always told me.
0: Yeah, that's great. I used to do that with bees if you can imagine. Don't ask me what Ooh. possessed me to do bees. I know, but I I caught them and I was like, "Oh, look, I got the bees." Everybody ran away from me. It wasn't to scare anybody. I just thought it was great. <laughs> okay. A little a little side story there. So Thank you so much for sharing the fleas and the light, the, the, the what are the the bugs with the lights? The are they
1: no. Oh, the, the, bugs with, the, the lightning the, bugs.
0: Lightning bugs are <laughs> the light with the ball. Okay. Off track here. Multitasking <laughs> entrepreneurs often forget to ask themselves, am I happy with my choices? So we forget how to course correct, and that could be part of the hamster wheel. What is one of the most important questions every female entrepreneur should ask and why?
1: It, that's That changes so much for me mm-hmm. all the time. And when you just asked me that question, what immediately popped into my head was this idea of we don't ask ourselves Does this course serve me? And we're often about serving everybody else. And I know this when I had my tech services company, I kept it several years longer than I, and I hate to use the word should, but should have. And the reason I did it was because I thought if I sold my company, which at that point was basically a seven figure company, that I was a failure. Even though I had offices in two states and a bunch of employees, I still felt like I was a failure if I sold it. Because if I also sold it, what would happen to my employees? What would happen to all my clients? And it was only when I finally sat back and said, does this still serve me? Do my choices serve me? Or is there something else that would serve me more, that would bring me more joy, that would light me up from inside? It's like putting the oxygen mask on first that we always hear about when we fly on planes. Now I know there hasn't been a lot of flying on airplanes for the last year for a bunch of people, but they do that safety thing. And they always say, put your oxygen mask on first because you can't help others if you're gonna pass out. So put yours on first, then go ask help other people it's the same thing as an entrepreneur yes you can think about your clients you can think of all the good you're doing in the world but if it does not serve you if it does not give you if it does not fill you then you're going to burn out really really quickly and you're eventually going to get to the point where you not only regret it i'm trying to think of, of the word i'm looking for here but you're going to actually hate it. You're going to, every single day you need to go to work, you're going to be so negative about it that that is eventually going to turn up in every interaction with your clients, with your staff, with your family, until it reaches the, the tipping point where your business is in the gutter, where your staff is leaving, where your clients are leaving. I mean, I know that kind of happened to me at one point. I had to take care of my parents. I made that choice to do that. So I moved down to Florida and left my main office in Connecticut and I had somebody in charge, but I vacated when I moved down here, down to Florida, because I was focusing on my parents. And I quickly realized that I just, I didn't want to be doing it anymore. I didn't want the pressure of being on 24-7, 365, which a tech career of tech support is, and even more so with ransomware and the, more of the cyber stuff now than it even was when I was there. And the business started to go down because I wasn't paying attention. I vacated even though the business was still running and it played a toll on my health as well. So I sold it once I realized what was happening, but it took a two by four to my head, not literally, but figuratively to wake me up. Yeah.
0: You needed that space. It's interesting. You needed the space to, to reflect. And, uh, one of the things in your book that you had written was a question that we could ask ourselves as well is how do I want my life to look And feel. And you came to that in telling your story because you, once you had that space uh, away from your company, you realized, I don't, I don't want to feel like that anymore. Right. You know, it it was something that um, you realized only by stepping away from it for other purposes. But yeah, it's very, very interesting. And that's a self reflection. Um, So, Moving on to our next question. what Before we move
1: on to the next question, can I I just add something to what you just said about how do I want it to look and feel? When I first started Guardian Angel Computer Services, I took several weeks off at the end of every year. Mm -hmm. And I disconnected from everything, which was a lot easier back then, right? And I literally just sat quietly and reflected on the past year and looked at what I wanted for the new year. But over time, as the business grew, I stopped doing that. Interesting. I got on that autopilot gerbil wheel of I have to take care of all these other people and I stopped taking care of myself. And the other people expanded to what charity board am I on? What charity event am I going to today? And that just added to it all. And what was interesting was when I moved to Florida, I wasn't going to all those extra things. I wasn't as there was more quiet time, which I used to give myself. So I think it's really important that all entrepreneurs, not even just entrepreneurs, every human being on the planet, you have to find some time, even if it's five minutes, just to get quiet and ask yourself what would make me happy what what are the things in my life that are bringing me joy talk about marie kondo right whatever and what are the things that i need to let go of because often in order to move forward in our lives the bigger question to ask ourselves is what do we need to let go of versus what do we need to add to make things better what do we need to let go of? And that may be people, that may be emotions, it may be a mindset, it may be a process. Mm-hmm. It might even be a place.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yes, absolutely. There is so, so important in life to ask those questions and unfortunately we don't give ourselves the time. And that's yeah. uh, the one thing that we need to do so that we can serve others at our, at our best. So it, it, what goes around comes around. That's what I always say, it always starts at the top. And the top is yourself, the leadership. And when right. I, you to often talk about leadership, but most people think of leadership in a different way. But for me, leadership starts with yourself. You need to lead yourself first in order to lead others. Um, so right. I find that that is such a great piece of advice. So moving to our next question, you have in your book, the most important and freeing word that you learned in the last 10 years what is it and
1: why okay and you're you're gonna maybe you'll laugh at this or not so when i wrote the book that was no it was to say no to myself and say no to others to say no to events and this last this last year (coughs) excuse me this last year I realize there's an even more powerful word, at least for me, other than no. And that's another thing to look at, right? Nothing is static. Right. At that point in time, learning the word no was huge for me because I said yes to everything. <laughs> Somebody needed me, yes. Oh, I have to go fix a server at 3 o'clock in the morning because my staff isn't answering their pages? Okay, I'll go do that, right? Didn't matter. The new word I've learned, Jane, is blossoming. And that's been a huge word for me because I always was that person that stepped out with everything fully formed. It just seemed like without even trying, anything I tried to do just came out fully formed. And over the last few years, between health issues, my mom passing away, and several other things that have happened, That just doesn't seem to be manifesting the same way anymore. And I've learned that blossoming is a beautiful word because blossoming means that things are at different stages, right? Mm -hmm. It's not bloom or blooming, but blossoming means you may start out in a tight, a tight bloom, a tight bud and things will just keep opening and blossoming until they're in their full glory and i'm learning that that's okay for me not to go out there perfectly fully formed i will do the best i can while saying no to a bunch of things and saying yes to a bunch of things but i think we all can benefit by learning the word blossoming that it's okay a flower doesn't arrive on the planet in full bloom it gets nurtured and grows and expands and i feel like i am in this massive blossoming stage of my life right now
0: Mm, that's beautiful it's uh and and as you said it's a perspective which is perfect for our next question
1: right and also blossoming jane requires other things you can't blossom on your own you need the questions you need asking yourself questions and others like you asking me questions because when you asked me that question and you know i was like well if she's referring to the book it was definitely no that was the most powerful question but what i've recently learned is blossoming right so Getting all of that input, taking a step back and realizing that there are other people that can make you blossom even bigger than you ever imagined and other things and resources.
0: Yes. And to be open to it. You know, it's, it's, uh, there are so many amazing people in the world and so many amazing things that are happening. And yes, we can look at the cup half empty, um, but there are good things happening as well. So, i absolutely agree with you blossoming we're always blossoming and you said you know something about your perfectly placed self talking of perspective perfection is it's it's anybody's it's a person's perspective of what that is your perspective is different than my perspective so there is no such thing as perfection i mean we try to achieve it but it's not achievable really it's all in the eye of the beholder so that's um, actually the basis for our next question, which is we, you know, the influence of perspective in our lives. And when we ask the right question, it can completely change our perspective. So you, instead of saying, "What do I want to be when I grow up?" This was in your book. You ask two different questions. Um, do you know, do you remember what those were? You asked them in the book, you, you, you said, what can I do with my life that lights me up? And then what do I need to fully achieve that? So that's, I love that because that's the question that what do I want to be when I grow up? That's the question that your parents ask you, your your relatives ask you, you ask yourself, but how interesting to change that
1: It goes back to the astronaut story, Jane, right? What do I wanna be when I grow up? I wanna be an astronaut. But as the journey progressed, I realized my idea of what an astronaut is, is not what I really wanted. So I began to ask myself these other questions and it became this journey of there's more to it than just being, than just saying, I want to be an entrepreneur, or I want to be on TV. I want to be an influencer, right? Some people do those things because of situations in their lives. Let me give you an example. I gave a speech several years ago at a women's organization and there were about, I don't know, 50 to a hundred people in the room. It was a workshop that I was giving and, one of the questions one of the exercises that i gave everybody was to write down their goals like one goal whether it was a business goal a personal goal whatever it might be write down your goal and then write why ask yourself five times why that goal and at the end of the fifth why you really get to why you decided to do that career and then I had them then do a follow-up question, which was, how do you define success? And then I had them ask themselves, where did that definition of success come from? And then they had to go back after they did that and look at their first question, the goal and the why. And I said, okay, based on your definition of success and your goal and your why behind it, is this still your goal? Or is this somebody else's goal for you? And, you know, it, it, the percentage varies whenever I do this exercise with people. And I have a workbook that everybody will get access to that poses these different questions for people to ask, but it ranges from 20% of the people in the room realize that they don't want to do what they're doing to 80% 80% of the people in the room realize their goals and their definitions of success are not their own. That particular day two women came up to me. These were highly highly successful women in their careers. One was a Harvard trained attorney. The other one was a Wharton graduate in finance. Okay? These are not people that had an easy time getting to their goals of where they were going. And some pretty tough careers for women to begin with right they came up to me afterwards in tears and i'm known for making people cry when we do one-on-ones or at my workshops or keynotes and i i didn't know that i was doing this and people are like no no you make us cry in a good way because we connect to our soul that we kind of forgot about and i asked them what was going on and they said We didn't want to be in finance. We didn't want to be lawyers, but our family expected it because everybody in our family was a lawyer or was in banking or finance. So I felt that's what I needed to do. That was the expectation. One of them's a teacher now, and the other one has gone into the world of her hobby and she's become this incredible artist. Mm. Beautiful. and they're happier than ever because they started asking questions like that of you know is this my goal for me how do i define success how do i value myself and and what makes me happy right and sometimes you have to move in another direction or maybe financially you can't right away but you can maybe do some other things on the side, work with a nonprofit, do some art, do something that lifts you up or find something in your career that you really love and maybe let go of the other things you don't.
0: Absolutely. It's opportunity as well. You know, It's funny that those individuals would meet you at that time and you know, all of that happens for a reason. But certainly, yes, we often do things that we feel we should be doing instead of right. taking that minute or moment to pause and ask ourselves because we're not really taught that. You know, that's something that, that the why is so important. And, and it, it's, you know, for entrepreneurs, especially if they're going, you know, they wanna create this business, they wanna create their brand, they want to be an influencer. Uh, the why is so important because if it's not in your heart, it's like you said, you get on that hamster wheel and then all of a sudden before you know it, the years have gone by and you're like you yourself, you were highly successful. You, you know, you you had a company um, that was multi state and yet at one point you were just like, What am I doing? You know, my yep. just, and that's actually a, a good place to start our next question because things change. Our lives shift and what we might have wanted 10 years ago or even five years ago might be different today. So my question is, do you believe our goals and mission can change and what advice can you share around that? Because we often get stuck in, well, this is what I started and now I have to finish it come hell or high water. Um, but you know that gets us in a lot of trouble.
1: <laughs> It does, and and I love that question because it's such a multi-layered question, right? We've touched on it. There's like been this theme in your questions, which I just love. It's been a a beautiful journey of your questions, so thank you. I think goals need to be looked at every few months because the journey changes, and you can beat yourself up constantly. Like, like that scenario of you can't, you know, with stupid and everything. How many times do you want to hit the wall? Right. How many times do you say this is what I'm, the product I'm creating, but nobody's buying it? But you still think it's amazing, and you pitch it time after time after time to a client. You need to sit back and go, is it the wrong time for this product? Am I trying to pitch it to the wrong audience? Or is there something wrong (laughs) with the product itself? And what's my motivation behind this that I feel like everybody has to have this? So I think it's really important at least every quarter that we look at our goals, that we look at our milestones, our baby steps that we take to get us towards our goal and look at it and go, okay, is this still where we wanna go? If, if it's not, we need to ask ourselves why is it not? Because sometimes we stop things because it's hard mm, or because yes. we don't have the knowledge to take it to another level. Well, if knowledge is stopping you, then reach out to somebody and find a resource somebody that maybe knows finance or knows legal or knows product packaging or if it's services somebody that can coach you to help you get through your blocks okay but if you wait for a year or two years or three years to go by then not only is it time that was lost but you might have missed some key markers That if you had paid attention to them would have been like oh if i make this one tweak right here wow i can go to outer space with it it's really amazing what can happen when you stop every quarter look at your goal look at your plan for how to get there and go do i still need this okay no because What I'm seeing is there's new technology out there that'll help me achieve this faster, so I'm gonna bail on this and go that direction. Or, okay, I'm looking at my financials and all this other stuff, and you know what? I'm gonna run out of money soon. But wait, I don't really know what my numbers look like. If I bring in somebody that explained my numbers, maybe I can keep going. I really feel that looking at your goals every quarter and your markers for how to get there and achieve them, Mm -hmm. even if it's just 10 minutes, can save so much pain and can reset your trajectory.
0: I think what happens too, a lot of times, is we don't want to look at that, excuse me, because it triggers fear. Like if we Mm -hmm. see that, you know, we're not where we wanted to be, that was our goal, but, and then you kind of beat yourself up or you start to reflect and say, well, maybe I'm not on the right path. And so people avoid it, uh, but you're right. You can take that and realign and as opposed to stepping aside. But one thing I wanted to say here was, what's really interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, is that if, if, this is a really interesting way to find out if what you're doing is deep in your heart and in your passion because if you are convinced that whatever it is that you're you've got or that you're selling needs to be out there in the world you won't stop nothing will stop you like jk rollins and and uh you know the harry potter the story of how many people she went to um the creator of it cosmetics how many people she went to? Kara Golden, who is on the summit, and she created a beverage company. And Spanx. the president, yes, yeah, banks. Right. Everybody was like, "Why? We don't understand what you want." But there was nothing that would stop them. Nothing. But then they knew in their heart that this is what they wanted. So their why was solid. But that's a really mm-hmm. interesting perspective of. If, if something as small as uh, a hurdle or a challenge, or like you said, it's so much work, can stop you from what you want to put out there in the world, then maybe that's not your deep why. I mean, it's just a thought that popped into my mind. You know? it,
1: my favorite question in the world is why? And so many people feel that that's the question you should never ask because it makes people defensive. Well, I'm encouraging everybody to ask themselves why. You know, I gave the example of asking why five times to really understand the deep why behind it. If anybody has kids, they know that's the favorite questions of kids. And finally, every parent in the world will say, because I'm your mommy or because, right? But if you break it down for yourself, that when I was married the first time, Jane, I the marriage kind of went south after four months and he had actually proposed after we had broken up. And I was trying to decide if I should marry him. And somebody said, well, do you love him? And I said, yes. And they're like, well, that's, you should marry him. And I was like, okay, well, four months into the marriage, it just ended up failing. We went into counseling and we're in counseling for like six, seven months, the two of us trying to work it out, you know, because that's what you do right and finally the therapist and i both realized that my husband at the time really wasn't paying attention to anything that was going on in therapy he gave the answers that were expected of him and whatever so i had a private session with the therapist because he asked us to do that every so often and he said what was the question you asked yourself when you were looking at the proposal and i said well the only question i asked myself was do i want to marry him and he said okay i encourage you to ask yourself a different question and the different question was why do you want to get married not to him but in general so i applied my why principles to it jane and the first one was why did I want to get married? And I went, well, because I'm in love with him. Why did I want to get married? Well, it's it I was 30. I was approaching 30. Why did I want to get married? Well, I hadn't checked it off my list. Why did I want to get married? You know, and and by the time the fifth the fifth why was the because I hadn't checked it off my list was my fifth why, And if I hadn't gone at least five times down, it would have been very surface stuff. So when I started unpacking the, I had, it was the only thing I hadn't checked off my list. I went, whoa, where did that come from? So once I unlocked that and then applied the, okay, knowing that, would I have said yes to his proposal? I realized I wouldn't have. And it really got me thinking about shifting your questions, which is what my book is all about, right? I, I often apply the, here's what I was asking, and then I learned a new question to ask, and and here's how the outcomes started changing because of those new questions. And yeah, I throw in the whole Star Trek stuff that's in there too, Spock and whatever. But this whole idea of asking why to unlock it, and if every quarter, you reevaluate your why, It can you can do this in like minutes. You get really good at it. And yeah. I love how freeing it is because I can let go stuff or embrace even more fully my passion and what I wanna be doing.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it because it works both ways. So you get rid of the static, the garbage, and it uh, makes, the space available for you to fully embrace what it is that your true why is yeah i love it out with the garbage in with the good stuff exactly (laughs) yeah yeah i love it so do you believe that our goals and missions can change i know i think we already touched on that um my final question is here for entrepreneurs what should they ask about planning their future And it's not necessarily what, but you have three questions an entrepreneur should ask about planning her future. What are those three
1: questions? Well, one of them is definitely your why, right? Is if you don't know your why in your life, I feel like you're always gonna feel like you're missing something. So whatever endeavor, we move into asking ourselves why we're doing that, why we're with these people, why we're eating that piece of chocolate cake, <laughs> whatever it may be. I think every entrepreneur needs to be asking themselves the why, you know, the what lights you up, the who do I want along my journey is also a big question that has changed a bit from the, um, from the book. And some of the things that I used to talk about, because sometimes we need to let people go and we need to add other people in. But maybe our circles are not the right people, but we, we don't want to let people go. Well, it doesn't mean you have to let them completely go, but maybe they're not the ones whispering in your ear anymore. Maybe you're getting some other people in there. So the other thing is, I think a really powerful question to ask is, am I asking myself the right questions? My all-time all-time favorite question that if I'm stuck, Jane, if I can't figure out why things are not going the way I'd hoped they would go, that things are not progressing, is the title of my book. Mm. What Would a Wise Woman Do? So what would a person wiser than me do in this situation? And what that does, and I, oh God, I just have such chills whenever I talk about that. Um, If you're planning for your future, Acknowledge the fact that you don't have all the answers, that you don't know all the questions, and by saying to yourself, "What would someone wiser than me do? What would a wise woman do? What would a wise man do? What would a wise CEO do? What you know, whatever works for you, because um, you don't have to make it gender specific. You know, what would Superman do? What would Wonder Woman do? What would the Green Lantern? Who doesn't matter? You know." It's acknowledging that I'm okay with not having the answer and that I want somebody to come in that maybe has more knowledge. And by acknowledging that in my own life, some amazing answers have just surfaced out of nowhere because I said to my brain, my conscious and my unconscious that I don't know the answer to this, so I'm open.
0: (laughs) I love it, yeah. That's exactly what happened. You opened yourself up. You allowed, you allowed the the answer to come to you or you attracted it to you. If you put it that way, but you're absolutely right. I mean, when we say, and we admit, and sometimes our ego gets in the way because the ego is like, well, I know all the answers. I don't need to ask anybody, any, any questions. Uh, But when we allow that, when we give ourselves permission to, and like you said, it can be, it doesn't even, you don't even have to be addressing anyone. You could be addressing the universe, God, whatever it is. And uh, you just sit with it. And sometimes it doesn't come right away. That's the thing. People think, well, I'm asking the question. Why haven't you answered me? (laughs) But you're right. I mean, oh my gosh, that is so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the one thing that you did say in in your book is you said how do i shift my thinking to attract what i need to achieve my goal and that's exactly what you were talking about that question is exactly what you were addressing there that you were saying how do you just put it out there if, if you've got uh you know something that you're looking for do you have any last words you'd like to share with our audience Laura, I mean, this has been wonderful.
1: It's been so great. You've really asked amazing, amazing questions. And I've I've enjoyed the journey that you've, you've taken me on and whoever's watching this at the time. I think the last thing that I'd like to share with the audience is that, remember that we're all blossoming, right? That we're all learning and it's okay to make a mistake where, you know, I know everybody talks about fail is not an F word. Well, you know what? Failing is hard, making a mistake is hard, but what makes it hard is what we put on ourselves when we make that mistake. If we can look at it, and I'm trying to do this with myself more, right? If we look at our journey as one of blossoming instead of what all these influencers try to make it out to where they arrive perfect on the world, all these gurus that try to pitch us these, you know, $50,000 mentoring programs. If I look at some of these people, they're like 20 years old. What experience do they have? Not to put down their experience, but to say, let me look at, there are hundred steps before this moment that somebody's trying to sell me on something or that I feel I have to look like somebody in an influencer picture on social media. You know what? We're not perfect. And that person is not perfect. There was a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes for that moment that you saw, I loved how Jamie Lee Curtis, a number of years ago, had a magazine that she was in show her real body unairbrushed, and she's still stunningly, stunningly beautiful, right? Because her insides just glow with who she is as a human being. But if we could look at our journey as our own journey, that we're blossoming and to stop comparing our questions, our experiences to, like, okay, if you want to be a coach, Tony Robbins didn't appear on the scene as Tony Robbins. No. I I remember going to a Tony Robbins firewalk experience event in the early 80s that was outside on 34th Street in Manhattan where they built up the fires and we looked at the Empire State Building and there were I don't know 500 people in the room and Tony Robbins was the person who helped guide me onto the hot coals okay compared to now where there's 10,000 people in a room Tony Robbins had his journey Everyone who's watching this, you have your own journey to blossom and it's amazing, whatever it may be. But I just hope that along the way, everyone realizes the right questions can truly change their life.
0: Yes, absolutely. I I highly recommend the book. I just absolutely love it. I, I told Laura I'm going to gift it to all my sisters. Uh, it really is so insightful, and it's even got working pages in it. Uh, and it, it just makes you stop and ask the right questions. And, oh, there's one thing I wanted to say to all of you listening audience, wonderful entrepreneur, female entrepreneurs. There's the index at the back. You probably can't see it but she's put it in such a way that there's the, the, she's got headers on that specific area of questions. And a lot of times we don't know what questions to ask ourselves. And she was telling me just before we came on that what some women will do is they'll open up the book at that index and they'll just close their eyes and point their finger. And that's the question they need to be asking themselves today. I think that is fabulous. If for nothing else, just get it for that. <laughs> because sometimes we we're like, what do I need to ask you to give me the answer? I mean, you know, tell right. me. <laughs> and this book will help you with that as well. But I just absolutely, it is so. Um, it, it really is an eye opener. And and like Laura said, we're all. I say we're all a work in progress you know, and, and I'm a life learner and I just find it wonderful to discover all of these incredible people and to share their gifts with everyone. Now, because we're on the epic vision zone, Laura, I have one last question for you. Okay. If, if your life were an epic story, what would the title be?
1: Oh, okay. If my life, say that one more time
0: if your life were an epic story what would the title be
1: she lived loved and made a difference Mm.
0: beautiful i love it well thank you once again for being here lauren sharing all your incredible information and all the questions that we need not need to be that we should allow ourselves to ask and be sure to check out Laura's, um, oh, we didn't mention your offer. I just wanted to ask that of you so that individuals can go to your, your page and look up your offer. What was the offer for, okay. our, our, for our audience?
1: So if they go to laurasteward.com slash, uh, I don't remember, did we say slash Jane or slash Epic Vision? I think we said Epic Vision.
0: I'm not sure, it'll be in your bio. So we'll okay. find it there. All right.
1: So- Um, go to, let's just say it's laurasteward.com slash epicvision. And one lucky person is going to win a copy of the book plus 60 minutes with me to help you figure out your right questions to ask. And if I need to connect you to other people, I will do that as well. Everybody that's on the, the summit will be be able to sign up for a 15-minute strategy session with me and the links will be on that page on how to get on my calendar to do that plus download the first four chapters of the book which really lay out how to learn to ask the right questions and a workbook that i promised everybody that can take you through some of the biggest questions to ask yourself
0: Thank you, that is so generous. Um, I encourage everyone to take advantage of all of these incredible offers. And once again, be sure to check out Laura Stewart on our summit directory, where you'll find all of her links, her information for not just the free offers, but how to get in touch with Laura and her website. And thank you once again for being here, Laura. I also encourage everyone to go and follow me on Instagram at Jane Applegath and check out how you can become an epic entrepreneur at janeapplegath.com this is the epic vision zone transforming your dream into epic success congratulations for signing up for the female entrepreneur revolution we're bringing you some of the most exciting female entrepreneurs from around the globe to share with you their knowledge their ideas their inspiration, and more importantly, their resources to elevate you to prosperity and freedom. And by being here, you're on the cusp of something great, your epic future. I'm Jane Applegath, founder of the Epic Vision Zone and producer of the Female Entrepreneur Revolution. Be sure to get your VIP pass and join me after the summit on June 16th for a very special VIP coaching session where we'll have hot seating, summit Q&A, and a special guest appearance by one of our speakers just for you, where we'll ignite your vision, uplevel your confidence, and set you on the path to your dream's epic success. This is your opportunity, calling. It's time to take action. Get your VIP pass now. I can't wait to see you on the other side.